ho, ho! Welcome to Cursed Content Club. I'm your host, uh, Chris Wolfhart Kringle. Uh, oh. With me, as always, are uh, Dan and Bob Video Games. No, Dan and Bob Video Gifts of Gigatrees.com. <laughs> Uh, I can't top that, so I'm just gonna say, uh, Merry, 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 this. <laughs> and, uh, Dr. Krampus, who is also from Gigaboots. I hope you'll enjoy this movie as much as we will. Oh, God. Well, I am in the spirit for a good film. Uh, as your Christmas present, we have returned to the well of Hallmark films. You know, l last time we did this, we had there was an obvious winner that was only defeated by the power of Frasier. Yeah, right. You can't hold it against this film for not being able to beat up Frasier Crane. That's ridiculous. But it would be foolish to include this film in the in a voting round for Hallmark movies because it has history, and that's just not fair. Right. <laughs> so, as your free Christmas present, here is. Cursed Content Club, <laughs> The Spirit of Christmas, the movie where she f***s a ghost. <laughs> God. Spirits can do anything they like, can't they? <laughs> I, I feel lucky to have missed out on the last one of these recordings, so I, I was either sick or at work. I'm not sure which. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it was a Black Friday situation. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It was pretty crazy at the time. I just remember I was here for it, and that was like a shot called from space. Right. Uh, I'm so, I'm so excited. I, you need to understand the self-control I had to have for the last couple of years or how long it's been. It feels like forever that it's just been, I can't watch that. We may do it for content someday. <laughs> I'm also very excited because while, while Mr. St. Nick, I think is what the Frasier one was called. Yes. While that was a Hallmark Christmas movie, it almost feels like it doesn't count because it was clearly from the era of when they weren't making 45 of these a year. Right. Um, also, I feel like, like it had real actors. It had real actors. Like it, it was before, I think, the, the madness set in with Hallmark um, where it they didn't view themselves exclusively as a brand for middle-aged white women where that was a movie kind of aimed at the whole family. And from what I've seen just watching the Hallmark Channel and other things like it, they just they just make a movie like this every year now. Uh, not quite as bold as to actually have ghost fucking. Hopefully this <laughs> yeah, fully delivers, every, who knows. Every Hallmark movie is just professional white woman falls for idealized template that you could conceive that your husband would be if you successfully fix him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's exactly. And, I, you know, we were talking about how it's kind of like Mad Libs before the recording. And the funniest part is they, all, they put holes in the script, but not in the places you would expect. Like, it's always like blank, wealthy white woman. Like, you don't get to choose those two things, but it's moderately or insanely <laughs> wealthy. A lot of people give Hallmark movies gruff for all being the same movie, but huh? I, I thought about it and I realized, you know, I'll, I will watch any Chang Che Kung Fu movie to the end of time, and they're all the same goddamn movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. There, there's no complaints about them doing that. It's just a necessary point of... Before they didn't always do that. 
it's like if you had to explain to someone that at some point MTV didn't used to make cowboy films because at some point MTV went insane and they decided their demographic was people who really loved cowboys exclusively. I mean, if if that market was out there and they found it, right? <laughs> now, Agro, to go back for a second, it's always cool and impressive to see someone do a spin kick. <laughs> That is not true about watching a white woman settle. Yeah, th- <laughs> but he spin kicked her heart. You know, I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> that could be really entertaining to see. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think the the distinction there is there's... <clears throat> How do I put this? Okay, you know what? We always have the expectation segment, so this is leading straight into that. Okay. If this movie does one shot that looks remotely impressive or overly competent... I'll be impressed because these things are made on such insanely tight schedules with such lack of ambition that I think the closest we're going to get is a kind of slipshod crane shot of a car driving down a street. I think that's the most impressive shot we're going to get out of this, but I don't know. Bob, what are your expectations? Rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I expect- so you think Dwayne Johnson's going to show up and just... <laughs> Will this no. movie be better or worse than The Test? Oh, it'll be better than that. I feel like pretty confident we'll actually be less offensive than that was. The Test was a little bit of a horror film, though. It was. It was very gripping, in a sense. <laughs> I think this will just be incredibly plain and non-offensive. Also, <laughs> you can't really have the psychological abuse that took place in The Test with a ghost. He's dead. <laughs> Yeah, but we don't know what era he's from, so he could he could like say slurs. <laughs> and she's like, but I forgive him. And her black coworkers like, that's really not your place to do. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we don't exactly know the plot. We just watched the trailer. That could be like an old plantation that she's trying to move because she's real estate worker. Oh no! I, I feel like there's no way it's anything but a ghost that's recently died. Oh no, he died a century ago. That's oh, that's no. on screen in text yeah. right and, and now. If, that's if all this I took know. place anywhere where there wouldn't be snow, that would be in the title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited. Agro, what what are your expectations? I'm I'm thinking that that uh much like he did in, in the movie Casper, Ray Stans is going to show up and also fuck a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Does everyone get one? Is this inn just full of fuckable ghosts? <laughs> what is going on? It's like a bed and breakfast. <laughs> I have a bed and sex mist. Uh, I'm going to call the ending of this movie right now. <laughs> She's going to... The fucking romance is going to happen. She's going to help this ghost go to rest. It'll be very sad. The ending will be her meeting what is obviously this guy's descendant. <sighs> Who is played by the same actor? I'm gonna go walk into the ocean if that happens. Just just to be clear, audience, when you hear the door open and close, once that starts happening, that's where I went. You know what? It's going to be exactly that, but that descendant is going to die, like it, something where he's knocked out completely and basically dead, and the ghost will possess him, <laughs> and they'll act like this is good. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. that That's another very terrifying possibility where it's like, uh, I, before you vanish, my ex is comatose from being in a car wreck. 
Oh. Yeah, it's it's either gonna it's either gonna be like descendant from the same actor or as Bob horrifyingly put into the cards, body theft. <laughs> the the single best ending this movie could have is a version of Chris's, except for the descendant's uh female, and our main character looks at the camera and goes, Good enough, I'm by <laughs> and just Works out. It's a Hallmark movie. Yeah, There's no, no way. I know. It's yeah, from it's not a Hallmark. He's not brave enough to have her off herself for love. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, is that one version of this in your head where she's like, "No, I miss my ghost." Looks <laughs> at a shotgun. Oh my god. That'll be wacky. She'll come to terms with the fact that they can't really be together, and then accidentally get hit by a bus. <laughs> so real quick though, we gotta. Doesn't that just isekai someone though? Uh, but after life counts as an isekai. Huh, fair enough. We we're gonna establish which would be worse. She the ghost is put to rest, and she just deals with that, and the movie ends, and she's wistful and whatever. Or the ghost is put to rest, and there the ancestor is here, and she's like, "Yay, romance can still happen." Which one of these is like more severe? I think that all depends on the context in which it happens. Mm. Okay. I would say, like, with no with no additional factors, the latter is way more hacky. <laughs> but I feel like if I watch the movie up to that point, that's that's like the way out of the building. <laughs> and to me, that that's the complication because I agree with you. But I feel like that's better than the alternative in this case. Yeah, I don't want to watch I'm, this I'm, movie where she gets to fuck a ghost and then just goes, I sure fucked that ghost. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine this movie having the emotional complexity of her having to like have loved and lost. Oh, no, they, this they, ghost. they won't frame it like lost. It'll just end on a diary scene where she's like, and that was the Christmas I fucked a ghost. Yeah, that's I, what I, I'm worried about. It, it, she, we could always just have it. Well, the ghost just haunted the house forever, and they they lived these lovers like that. <laughs> oh, that's also horrible. Oh See, my god! This is why we had to do this movie. There's no good exit. Every exit <laughs> has a bomb on it. What What if her last lover died, and she's moved here to get away from it? And not being able to actually fuck this ghost is how she learns to to let go. Oh, I, I thought you were not being able to fuck this ghost is now her new kink. And she's so <laughs> turned on by the fact she can't get any from. Anyways, this could go any number of ways. We need to know. I've been waiting. So let's let's get over to the commentary. If you're not a patron already, uh, you could go become a patron of uh, patreon.com slash GB podcast and get access to that commentary. Watch the movie with us. Anyways, let's go to the moment. back the spirit of christmas is a movie with no ending in it an unlikable woman and an unlikable ghost man spit in the face of god but to what degree is left unsaid so dan what did you think of the spirit of christmas i expected more from the film i didn't expect a great film but i expected a little bit more it's really weird how you get left with the feeling of the scope of it is so much smaller than even i expected there's so few locations there's so few characters. It's kind of insane. 
I really thought the ending would take it even one one mild step out of the thing you had seen the entire film, basically, and it really didn't do that. Man, given our cursed content scale of negative five to five, I'm going to have to give this a negative two. It wasn't deeply offensive. I would just say it was quite possibly violently mundane. <laughs> Uh, aggressively average, um, to a point where it just every opportunity is an opportunity to show you lost potential. That's how it feels watching this. I, I, it's a shame. Ghost fucking should be exciting. And yet, spoilers, there is no ghost fucking. Hey, hey, it's implied in some of those transitions. <laughs> Bob. Yeah, this movie really was a lot less happening than it might be expected from a movie. But this is a Hallmark movie. I came in knowing that, so I figured it'd be one location and almost nothing would happen. And it checked those boxes real well. I don't feel like it was that offensive. We were able to theorycraft about where the movie was going the entire time, which made it a little bit more fun. I'm going to give it a zero because it was utterly unoffensive, but also just really boring. <laughs> Aggro. This was a movie with a very simple, straightforward premise that almost guaranteed that it would at least be interesting. And this movie doesn't give a shit about its premise. It ignores it entirely. You think Daniel What's-His-Fuck is the one who got cucked? I got cucked out of a ghost-fucking movie. This is a negative three only because how... Okay, whatever. The rest of it is. Yeah. (laughs) I'm kind of sitting where Bob sat. I This movie was fine to watch with other people. It would have been excruciating alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, zero is also where I'm sitting, and it, it did give me the energy of like a seventh chin game where it's like, we have one location and six models for characters. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to seeing this incredibly small scope when you have an interesting concept for a movie and it's an indie film. <laughs> I'm not used to seeing it when it's a, okay, we're going to do this thing and... And, you know, as Agro said, they really didn't care about their own premise. They didn't develop it in an interesting way. There was no mystery they were unraveling. They just, he didn't remember. And then he did. There were no ghost hijinks. He was just an asshole. Yeah, Yeah. he's hardly even depicted as a ghost. I believe you ended the commentary track basically by going, he could have just not been a ghost. Mm -hmm. That's very possible and could have been the same film. Um. I would like to know, I got stunning revelation at the end of this as I, as I was looking at what Daniel Forsyth's actor, which is the ghost, by the way, uh, what else he had be in it, been in. Because at first when I looked at it, it was just like, look at all these romantic comedies and some series you've never heard of. And Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 2022. What? <laughs> He's apparently the voice and likeness actor for some character you unlock after the prison break level. He's one of the spec grew operators that I just started having a stroke. I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) video games are weird now. Yeah, that's (laughs) you're you're telling me he's in a modern shooter and and it wasn't Tom Clancy's ghost recon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not modern anymore. They haven't made any in the last 10 years. When they bring it back, they'll be like, with the ghost fucker, you all know and love. Well, I guess he's the ghost fucky. I don't know how that would work. (laughs) It's stunning to, like, look at his IMDb, and it's like Hallmark movie. It's like all Hallmark movies. Yeah. And then Call of Duty. Yes, I'm just... It was a sucker punch. 
punch. It was like the orange you glad I didn't say banana of careers. Anyway, I just needed to get that out here because that... Uh, <laughs> I never would have connected that dot. He looked really different with a full-ass beard and in fucking military garb. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Wait, does that mean that she might come to Call of Duty too? <laughs> oh. I, I, I will say, though, uh, th th this picture of him makes me think that they need to get him for the next, like, uh, HP Lovecraft game. I think he'd make the great scholar. <laughs> yeah, I see it. Oh, my God. I see it. Mm -hmm. I, I thought you were going to say, get him in a horizon. He, he really just... looks like the kind of guy, you, you know, he'd show up with a lantern and a book and you go, he's against miscegenation. Yeah. <laughs> we have some segments to get to. Sure. I can pack all my baggage into those. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We'll start with the best character, Agro. Who's the best character? Mm. Yeah. Whew, glad it isn't me. I need more seconds Oof. to try to elect one of these fucking dwarves. Best character. The tallest. <laughs> I'm going to go with the sheriff. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. He was in the movie. Yeah, he was. He, Briefly. He, he, he showed up to this white woman complaining that her house had been broken into <laughs> and just gave her the, uh-huh, yeah, sure. Didn't care about her self-reported traumatic head wound. And just fucked off. <laughs> he doesn't have time for this. He doesn't get paid for this. He's a small this time is a sheriff. quiet town with good people yeah. and nothing ever happens. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't need her bringing in her big city trouble. Oh, you fucking Boston people coming in here and getting your head traumas. <laughs> I mean, according, according to her boss, mm -hmm. this is like a resort town with ski lodges, so he probably gets... Overly dramatic rich white woman got wine drunk in the middle of the day and fell down the stairs like at least three times a week. Yeah, I, sincerely, this town in the movie is the town they literally shot the movie in for all intents and purposes. This is just the town that Hallmark always comes to to film these fucking films. So they probably just went, hey, how tired are you of uh, white women calling you over nothing? I'm very, very exhausted. It, it does occur to me just now that, like, mm. the ghost being a thing is a known quantity for the guy who owns this inn. Yeah. That sheriff might just be on the take. He might, yeah. He's on the <laughs> ghost take. Yeah, he seems he seems chill enough to get that news and just not care. Now imagining, like, Daniel Forsyth cornering Kate in a room like, you can't go to the police, I own the police. <laughs> I know, right? No. Holy shit, that's a different film. God, that, yeah, this that was shot horrifying. in uh, Rintham, Massachusetts. God, that's the whitest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of those towns where it's like, we're rich enough that our Walmart has to look like a cabin. Mm. Oh. <sighs> Do you think this town kind of treats like, like, you know, that town that the Waltons made rich with all these museums and shit? Mm -hmm. Do you think this is <laughs> the Hallmark version of that? <laughs> We made you rich with uh, as much as we could afford. We're Hallmark. Come on now. We're not the Walmarts. We're not the Waltons over here. Dan, who's the best Fuck. character? <laughs> Fuck. I was hoping for even more than one more. Okay. Uh, shit. Give me a second. Give me a second. I'm going to say her boss for most of the film. <laughs> I think there's an almost betrayal of the character at the end. Where he's like, 
I do just exploit you because you work too much. And I'm like, he wouldn't say that. <laughs> but uh, I, I liked his performance in multiple different points in time as he gets tired of this fucking shit. As this person, he normally gets to, you know, sick on anyone or anything to get his will done is just dealing with her own shit for once, I suppose. And that's just too much for him, man. He He's so disappointed. I'm going to give it to him because, frankly, no other characters are rising to the top. Bob. I'm going to choose the old innkeeper. Mm. He's not great. He's not spectacular, but no one in this movie is. And he's somewhat nice to everyone. I noticed he can act. A little bit. Yeah. Which kind of does help <laughs> in a film like this. <laughs> and identifying what is it is not a character being acted on screen. Fuck, they're so few choices. <laughs> right. Damn. It's not a large cast to begin with. I guess I'll go with Daniel because one, he's kind of funny. Uh, but two, it's just really endearing that scene where he's just eating an entire chicken <laughs> <laughs> with a grilled cheese in one hand. Yeah. With a grilled cheese in one hand. Like he has the forked eating this roast chicken, an entire roast chicken, and a grilled cheese in the other. Yeah, I was kind of hoping the movie would have more things like that, where it's like, oh, all his senses are heightened, so he does all these things, but then they immediately forget that blob. Yeah, I thought that line was to lead into, so he's horny as hell. (laughs) I don't know. You said all his senses were heightened, and I'm like, okay. No, apparently not. All right. I just, Hallmark movies aren't horny enough. That's the real man. That's the real conclusion. <laughs> they, they really do need like an after dark imprint. Yes, they, <laughs> they do. do. <laughs> Worst character time, Dan. Oh, the choices, the choices. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Um, Drowning for fucking options. I'm going to have to go with the main character, though. Here's why. Kate, yeah, Kate. Kate's performance is frankly one of the worst I've ever seen from a main character in a Hallmark thing, and I've watched a decent amount of them. She doesn't do anything memorable with her performance at all. Like, uh, Bob, I was going to say, like, you, you said earlier that you didn't have much expectations. You expected few environments, you know, few scenes, mm-hmm. so locations, rather, uh, and you didn't expect much ambition. But even the ones where we've watched, where it's just like, I have an evil twin sister. Yeah, or the other one. I have an evil evil person who's faking being a sister. Even those have multiple scenes where they stand in different locations and have a panic attack. (laughs) And that's more than this movie did. Our main character, look, I'm not going to say she was handed gold, but her performance is the most forgettable thing about this film. I'm going to say she's even coming in below a Twilight level delivery. There's nothing here for me to remember about her performance and also her character's bad let me put it this way her character could have just as easily been portrayed by the actress who plays bones on bones and it would have been delivered to be the same character but far more sociopathic and crazy which would have worked perfectly Agro, who do you think the worst character is? Uh, Daniel's creepy incel brother, hands down. Yeah, that is. Yeah, he's he's. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, like li- listening to him like cry, throw Daniel under the bus is one thing, but then watching him fail to 
comfortingly hug that woman yeah, in anything approaching a normal is, human way. That hug is fucking rough. When Let you, me touch your hair. When you hug someone, your hug is supposed to feel like a, a, a net was just cast on them, right? That's how that's supposed to feel emotionally and physically. You can't escape my commiseration. <laughs> Now I'm really curious because obviously the writer for this has only written Hallmark movies and has written like 40 of them. How many Hallmark movies on average have the incel? (laughs) Usually I bet they're more the coworker incel and less the brother incel. Yeah, it's usually less of a panicked whiny incel and more of like a platonic best friend who doesn't have a shot character. Yeah, I I feel like this guy was really the movie did not highlight how intensely like gross and everything this guy is. <laughs> There's not usually like a a shoehorned in non murder mystery plot. Yeah, I don't know. There's like when it came to this character specifically, okay. I feel like they wrote that scene and they're like it'll be ambiguous, and then they saw it portrayed and went, oh that. That's actually really creepy feeling. (laughs) Like somehow the script was not ready for it. And the really weird part is he wasn't involved in the murder at all. Yeah, that was surprising. I guess he was a red herring. He's just a weird incel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit, I'm next. Uh, Hmm. I'm going to go with murderer cousin who looks like Ben Shapiro. (laughs) I do think it's really funny when they out him as the murderer. They put him like in like the 1915 thug hat. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like if if he wasn't 90 pounds soaking wet, he'd be one of the guys going, it's the bat. (laughs) (laughs) I do love how he's like, Daniel, if you gain emotional closure, I go straight to hell. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> now, I don't know, cousin. Did you ever try like seeking absolution from a priest? And he looks lo- looks him like, oh no, <laughs> I oh, forgot. Boy. <laughs> Bob, who's the worst character? This is actually a little tough. There are two that I think are strong contenders. Mm. But I'm going to go with Daniel's dead wife because she married him exclusively for his house, <laughs> and that's really messed up, and she shouldn't admit it, at least. Yeah. The implication seemed to be that that's how he interpreted it, but she was not, did not feel seriously that way. You say that, but the ending is literally, whatever, fuck whatever you want. I'm over you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it feels like they really try and paste on her actually caring about him at the end, but everything she says to him in the flashbacks is like, no, you don't. You you want you want my take on this? Okay. Here's my take on this. They wrote that character, and then at some point, someone who's either a co-writer or director or whatever gets to have feedback on the script and goes, Don't you think the audience will feel a little sad that she doesn't end up with the guy at the end? And they went, Well, we better write some really gross dialogue for them <laughs> to be like, She didn't deserve Daniel. That's why her hair is never done up as nicely as Kate's. That is correct. <sighs> That is always the case in these two. <laughs> I just get this this impression that when you write these movies for a long enough period of time, like you cease, you lose the ability to to portray human beings. <laughs> oh yeah, um, sure. Yeah, this has got to unravel your brain. <laughs> like they become like all you start to view everyone as these weird archetypical automatons. <laughs> Look. 
Yeah, eventually he, the main character's will will force the love to happen no matter what. So you can just write whatever you, leading to it. You remember that scene in the third Matrix film when Neo's blinded and he sees the fire smith in front of him? That's how they see all human forms and shape. Vaguely human, but just an element of nature. Because cause this the lady who wrote this wrote four of these a year. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the Gigaboots Podcast Network, the second most ambitious dehumanizing project on Earth. It's like, say what you want about her output. She's working. Yeah. No. That's, <laughs> it's, imagine doing even one rewrite with due to feedback on any of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're pretending my script's not good enough for what we're making here. <laughs> I want you to think about that. <laughs> Spend a moment thinking about that and then come back and tell me what's wrong with my script. I guess we need to go to best scene. Uh, I'll, I'll start us off on best scene. Uh, <sighs> I can actually remember a lot of the scenes. It's just like, which tortilla is the best tortilla? I know, the whole movie's the same thing over and over. There's so few scenes that deviate enough from all the other scenes that they stand out. I guess I'll go with... I don't want to go with this. I already mentioned the scene of him eating, so I don't want to go with that. So I guess I'll go with... There's uh, so many, though. I guess I'll go with the second time she calls the sheriff. Mm. And he's just like, Ma'am, do you want me to stay here and protect you from the phantom killer? <laughs> The sheriff should have been the only one in the movie allowed to mug to the camera. <laughs> he already almost did. <laughs> Just because he's addressing the main character who is the audience demographic. Bob, what's the best scene? Oh my god. Okay. Alright, I can do this. At least you got to go second and not like fourth. Um. <laughs> well, the best, the best shot. Best food he ate. <laughs> Is when he remembers his death. We just get a shot of him like back to the ground, mouth agape, with blood coming out of his back. No, of his it's head. true. That is the best shot. Um, but I guess I need a full scene. Mm. So I'm going to say the scene that he talks about how he basically goes to hell whenever he's not in the living world. Yeah, that is, that is a lore ramification scene right there. Yes. What's it like when you're not here? A nightmare I can't wake up from. And she just moves past that. Yeah, I was like, I thought you were going to say it was going to be awesome. (laughs) That doesn't sound like my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's a sociopath. We've been over that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Dan, you have to go next. Oh, thank God. I'm sorry, Agro, if this is what you're going to choose. So upstairs, he wishes away cousin by having closure and the man just fades away and not only was that funny because of the ramifications within the scene but that's when my brain started going wild and went he just has this power and now he's gonna wish away the white blonde woman he's just gonna do that with his hand and he's gonna be like I have closure be gone Spectre <laughs> this movie should have ended like poltergeist and the whole house disappears <laughs> That'd be really good. What the fuck happened to the house? I sent you down there, Kate. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. It's fucking gone. <laughs> the, the, the fucking trust has insurance. Tell him to get over it. <laughs> 
aggro you have to go last. I'm sorry. No, no, it, this is easy. Hands down. Really? Uh, the breakup scene. Before this movie forgets there's a ghost in it, before this movie forgets that it's trying to ape Kate and Leopold, they put in the breakup scene from You've Got Mail, uh, but they sort of get it wrong. So in, instead of it being this bloodless end to a, a pointless relationship, we get Kate being an awful bitch. <laughs> Yes. So instead of establishing that, that maybe there's something missing in her life or that, that she's had some troubles that she's going to go try to recover from, we established that she's kind of mean and she's doing fine with it Yeah, before she goes down to this resort town and meets another psychopath <laughs> and they fall in love. <laughs> Like she, she eats that guy's dinner, like it's a fucking Tarantino movie. <laughs> she she does have some real like stereotypical girl boss energy in that first scene. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, that scene was in a drawer, and they just like she pulled it out and put it in this script, and it was not for this character. Yeah, yeah, but uh. As there is darkness, there must all or actually as there is light, there must also be darkness. So we have to say the worst scene. Bob, what's the worst scene? I get that it's like which slice of bread is worse. Yeah, like uh, as I said, this movie is pretty unoffensive. This is gonna be tough. Hmm. Well, Bob, you can just pick it based on the food that was in the shot if you want. Uh, there we go. Uh, when when Daniel is eating an apple with a knife in the slowest way known to man. Which time? That's <laughs> the first yeah. time. Because it was a okay. surprise the first time. After that, I'm used to it. It involves like I'm numb. It, it, he's been eating it for three scenes now. It is very strange. Like it has this energy like he's eating like, I don't know, dried lamb or something. <laughs> is this something that's historically accurate in some way? I know like, there's a stereotype about, like, old-timey, salt-of-the-earth people eat just peeling an apple with a pocket knife and just eating it sliced up. I mean, I eat apples like that sometimes. Just... Yes, what did I just say? <laughs> with a knife. I'm in the room with him right now. <laughs> <laughs> the apple is coming from inside the house. Yeah, something's after weird about walking around with the knife cutting up to eat it. Like, I don't know. I, I'm used to, like, easy to do the whole thing. Bob is calling you weird. Are you going to take that from him? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, what I'm asking here is, do you just cut the whole thing up and then eat it slowly? Or do you, you just, just, do just a- cut off a piece at a time so you're not... <laughs> I have a beard, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> the best right. part of this is not the gonna whole go peach diving into an. The ad- whole film, I'm watching this and I'm like, this is something aggro does. <laughs> <laughs> I manipulate white women. <laughs> okay, he has a he has a. Okay, so the, I didn't consider the beard angle. Aggro, aggro waits in properties waiting to be rented to pretend he's a ghost and fuck white women. <laughs> Good plan, I guess. <laughs> if it works. <laughs> I'll go second. Uh, the scene near the end where they're dancing and seemingly just to stop the romance from progressing a little too much at this point in time, the sheriff cuts in in a way that seems unnatural and bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I feel like it could have worked if you wrote this really differently. It, it really didn't work here. It seems so unnatural, so bizarre. Agro, what's the worst scene? Okay. So damn. I had I had the Christmas party. Ah. Because <laughs> being in that room 
even, even with, with with the the lens of fiction made me want to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that it seemed like it was literally filled with some of the cast and crew's friends and kids. Yes, uh, it's like the most awkward put upon thing ever. Uh, but so I guess rather than that, I will go with the scene where she bursts into Daniel's room and he's ironing his shirt with that Tommy Hilfiger lean, turns around, pants open, little bit of underwear, still shirtless, light coming into the window, because that scene writes a check. This movie does not cash. No. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's part of what's so upsetting about it. It's also just strange. Like, were you so bothered your shirt wasn't ironed? In this moment? Uh, yeah, you get the idea that he's fit and trim every day. Well, I mean, he, he doesn't he sleep, eat. so he's got to pick like an arbitrary time to freshen up. I guess, I guess. that's true. Yes. But I, I, I would, I, I, it would make more sense if he was just entirely in his underwear. But that would have really kept wrote a check for right. didn't cash. <laughs> Jesus, I would have been screaming that by the end. <laughs> and then she just didn't fuck him, I guess. <laughs> Dan, you get to take us home with the worst scene. Okay. This shouldn't surprise anyone, but there are a lot of dialogue scenes when they need to involve three or four characters talking in this house. Usually it's, you know, Kate, oh, Daniel God. Forsyth, and the the person who owns the end, where it's just shot like fucking shit and very jarring. Um, I think one of the worst is, and I'm trying to remember exactly what they were eating, but I believe one of the worst, or tied for one of the worst, is when the innkeeper... <laughs> And Daniel Forsyth are on the left side of the kitchen. They're near the oven, stove, whatever. And she is sitting. And they just are shot like they are in completely different areas. It's really weird. They have multiple angles, none of which really capture a good closeness to it. Uh, there are parts of the scene where the, the innkeeper is saying lines in the background of a shot and just completely out of focus. And it's not for a dramatic purpose. Like, he's looming or menacing. It's just... That's how he looks, and th this is the shot they used. It's not a great shot. And in the movie that is so much oatmeal, that really does stand out when it's just like, we're hanging out here for a lot of dialogue, and it does not look good. There are like four or five of these in the film, but this was kind of the more memorable one. I think the worst one of those for me is when the innkeeper is meeting with the bar owner Yes. And yes. Kate and Daniel are there as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's yet another one of these moments where they prove they cannot film yeah. four people talking to save their lives. No. Like madness. Yeah. It, we, I, we were talking about it was taking three of a conversation. Yes. 100%. Really, the only reason I give the lead to my pick is because of that moment where the innkeeper's just in the background, out of focus, just talking, and it's like... <laughs> Daniel left the scene, so there's not even a point to him not being in focus. You just <laughs> pulled the focus on Daniel or her, and they're gone now. Uh, just, mm. I but yeah, no, he's that, a ghost. One's, that one's... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the innkeeper? Oh Maybe. my god. Twist. I would appreciate one of those in this film. <laughs> do, you think, do you think he can knock her up? Because if, if, you, if you haven't watched our commentary in the, or the movie... It ends with him in this like in this weird ambiguous state where he might be alive again or he might be an immortal ghost. Yeah, it, the ending of this film really shouldn't have been the source of so much debate. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's not really this movie's place. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know shit about the rules by the end. Yeah, he manages to sleep before he the, the movie ends. They established mm. two real rules. He can't leave the grounds of the inn, and he's only there for 12 days a year. And by the end of the movie, both are broken. He can't pass through matter. Everyone can see him. So is he alive again, or is he now an immortal being? Right? Like, where did this body come from? I need to know a lot more about this universe's cosmology to say whether or not he can participate in creating an ensouled creature. My, maybe that's why they're trying to make a sequel. <laughs> yeah, we have too many younger questions. Maybe I can find the writer on social media and send her a question. <laughs> I'm sure she wouldn't remember writing this movie. <laughs> She's like, okay, I just got a DM from a person with a lot of followers, and all it says is why. Huh. Why do the mentally ill always crawl into my DM? She wonders to herself on Twitter. I found her Twitter account, so uh, oh I'll be sending her a DM after this podcast. <laughs> so, not officially on the record, but <laughs> as the writer, do you think Daniel could impregnate Kate? <laughs> this is important to me. I, I was more just going to ask if he was alive. <laughs> <laughs> this is important to answer the question. I mean, really, the most important question is, would that baby be his original son? And that's why he didn't survive the first time. That is another weird element of this movie that they just don't really have an idea. Go with, into yeah. it all. And yeah. it doesn't really have a point. It's just like you had a son and he died and he was named after you. That's it. <laughs> Does anybody have any final thoughts on the spirit of Christmas? I hope whatever wins the curse content committee poll for this month is uh, a bit more exciting, a bit more Hallmark, Hallmark core and has more than three locations. And for the audience who's like, but they already, you guys already put that poll up. You know what one we recorded this way earlier. <laughs> anybody else have any final thoughts beyond the mystery of, of this dude's swimmers? I, I, <laughs> I enjoy there being a mystery at the end. It's like J.G. Abrams wrote it. <laughs> so what you're saying is for the sequel, they should get Ryan Johnson. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, he seems to be a great writer as long as it isn't called Star Wars. I mean, I would, I would love for the sequel to this, for Daniel to be like, I was never a ghost. <laughs> that would rule. Spirit of Christmas, a Knives Out mystery. Yeah. <laughs>